Welcome to Season 5 of the Raise Your Game Show, a podcast that deconstructs the principles of high performance in sports and business. I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr. In this season, I'm going to interview a brilliant and innovative source of unparalleled knowledge, someone with experience, wisdom, and insight well beyond his years, someone that is truly an internationally renowned icon in both sports and business. I believe you've met my fitness consigliere, Michel. Allow myself to introduce myself. Yes, you heard that correctly. I'm going to ask myself some thought-provoking and pivotal questions and then answer them with the unmatched astuteness and profound awareness that only I can. To make sure my responses to my own questions are sincerely spontaneous, I did not share the questions with myself in advance. The knowledge I drop to my own questions will be raw and unrehearsed. I know you. You know you. And I know you know that I know you. I hope that me, interviewing myself, helps you raise your game. Speaking of raising games, every middle school, high school, and college student athlete on the planet needs a game plan to maximize their potential on and off the court. Check out the new online course parents, coaches, and athletes themselves are raving about at MakeYourGamePlan.com. That's MakeYourGamePlan.com. Booyakasha, check this out, yo. And now, on with the show. What advice do you have for someone trying to break into the sports business? One is I always believe in starting with the end in mind to get great clarity on exactly what it is that he's looking to do and then be able to build a process backwards from that. So uh, basically kind of drop breadcrumbs of what is the process necessary to get the final outcome uh, that he wants. Um, Whether he's starting a business uh, that's in the sports business uh, arena or he's looking to work for one. Uh, Then next, I always believe in uh, the kind of the coaching mindset of it's not about me, it's about you. So I want him to start thinking along the lines of, Uh, what ways can he add value? Whether he's, again, starting a business, what is the value or the problem that he'll solve for potential customers or clients or members? Uh, Or if he's going to work for someone else, then uh, what, what value does he add to their organization? What is it that he can do that will bring value and make sure that he's seen as an asset? Uh, And then I'd say the third step to that is I always believe in asking people that have already done what you're trying to do. You know, the the very first thing I did when I decided to be a professional speaker was I went and interviewed a lot of professional speakers. Uh, Before I wrote Raise Your Game, I asked other authors, what were some things that worked well when you wrote a book? What were some things that you'd avoid doing if you were in my position? So whatever it is he's looking to do, seek out people that have done that and ask them a variety of questions. And that's the beautiful part about how interconnected we are now uh, online, uh, through social media, being able to set up calls like this. Uh, If if he asks three or four people 
that is, are doing what he wants to do and ask them the right questions and then listened actively to their answers, he could probably save himself a, a ton of headaches in the future. For someone that's first starting out in any career, uh, my best recommendation is probably the best advice that I've ever received. And that is find what you're really good at, you know, where your natural talents lie, and then find what it is that you love to do, what you're most passionate about, and then find where those two points intersect. And that point of intersection is what I call your strength zone. And the more time you can spend in your strength zone, certainly you'll perform at a higher level, you'll be more successful, but arguably more important than that, you'll be happier and more fulfilled. Make sure that you're in your strength zone, that this career that you're starting uh, is a nice blend of your natural talent and what you love to do. And uh, just know that this point of intersection will change as you get older and gain more life experience because you'll uncover new skills and talents that you didn't know you had and you'll develop new passions. You know, for me, for almost 20 years, that point of intersection was being a basketball performance coach. But then that changed as of four years ago and that intersection is now being a keynote speaker and an author. So, so I think that's, that's important. Uh, I think another one, and, and I could have said this to John as well, uh, focus heavily on two things, relationships and your own self-development. You know, I'm a big Jim Rohn fan, uh, one of the original motivational speakers. And he always says that it's important to work harder on yourself than you do on your business. You know, work harder on you than you work on your job. And I think that's really important and certainly applies to both John and to Kelsey. So self-development and self-growth are vital. Uh, spend every day doing something that, that improves your ability to master your craft. You know, it could be just reading a short article or a blog, or it could actually be diving much deeper and taking an online course, but do something every single day that makes a deposit into your ability uh, to improve your craft. So that's one. And then the second would be place a very high value on relationships, uh, place more value on relationships than you do on anything else. Uh, whether it's sports business or any other type of career, you want to make sure that you've got a very strong relationship um, with the folks that you'll be working with, the folks kind of in your arena, your colleagues and coworkers, but also make sure you have a very strong uh, relationship and appreciation for the people that you'll serve, uh, your clients or your customers, or if you're a teacher, your students, your subscribers. So whoever it is that you serve, uh, make sure that you're putting them first and developing a relationship. And I do believe these principles have very high utility that if you're constantly developing and taking care of yourself and you're focused heavily on forging the best relationships possible, uh, you're setting a foundation to which the rest of your house and the rest of your career will be built. Man, I love that. God, that's so insightful. You really and truly are brilliant. But I do have one follow-up question before we wrap up today. Uh, I'm guessing that what you're doing now is not what you dreamed of doing when you were five years old. Uh, what is it that you wanted to do and how has that led you to what you're doing today? Well, when I was five, I wanted to be an NBA basketball player. Uh, but as most five-year-olds, uh, understandably, I had a rather narrow view of the world. And that's one of the best things about children and about five-year-olds is they have so much unbridled enthusiasm that they believe anything is possible. And, you know, that's certainly congruent with Disney's beliefs. You know, uh, when I'm five, I believed that being an NBA player was possible. And as I got older, I continued to believe that was possible. It wasn't until I was in high school that I realized the writing was on the wall that I probably didn't have what it took to be an NBA player, uh, but that I still loved basketball so much 
that I still wanted to make my living in that space. So um, I was able to make that pivot and combine my original love of basketball with a newfound love of performance training that I started to develop in high school and in college and was able to still uh, have a wonderful life and make a tremendous living for almost 20 years as a basketball performance coach. So while it wasn't the exact dream I had as a five-year-old, it was still involved in the same game that I love to this day. Uh, you know, I'm 44 years old, so I'm so thankful that basketball has been a major pillar in my life for four decades. I mean, for, for almost my entire life, basketball has been a driving force, and for that I'm thankful. Uh, you know, I would tell kids all the time when I would work basketball camps, you know, kind of tongue in cheek to add a little humor. I would say, every single one of you can make it to the NBA. Now, hardly any of you will make it there as a player, but every one of you could make it to the NBA in some capacity. You know, there are so many different jobs in the NBA that you could have that if your number one goal was to be in the NBA, that is absolutely realistic. Just know that making it there as a player is, is difficult. It's not impossible. And I'm certainly not saying that to diminish anyone's dreams or tell them that they can't. But just know that, that your future is what you'll design it to be. And if your number one goal is to be in the NBA, you can make that happen. Might not be as a player, but you can absolutely make that happen. If you look at one of those four quadrant diagrams, um, mm -hmm. so you, you've got in one quadrant uh, what you love to do and what you're good at. That's clearly where we want to be. I think most people will admit the diagonal quadrant of what you're not good at and what you don't like, we certainly want to avoid. But the other two can be a little bit tricky. What if it's something that you love to do, but you're not very good at? Or what if it's something that you're very good at, but you don't love to do? Uh, and this really comes down to your own personal values. You know, for me, as I've gotten older, uh, I realize that happiness and success, um, they're not synonymous. They don't mean the same thing but they're very directly correlated. And for me, a big portion of my definition of success is the happiness and fulfillment that I have. So uh, what I would say, if you're really passionate about something, but you're not very good at it, it doesn't mean you need to give up on it. It might not be your prime vocation, but it could still be a hobby. It could still be something that you, you do during the unseen hours because you enjoy it so much. Now, if you're really talented at something, but you can't stand doing it, I just don't think that's sustainable. Uh, I think that's something that people call the grind, which as you know, I'm opposed to, uh, which is I'm just doing this because I'm good at it, but boy, I don't enjoy it. And for me, that's just kind of a hollow way to go through life. I don't want to go through life doing things that I don't enjoy. Now, I am a realist. I'm not implying that every moment of every day of my life is not puppy dogs and ice cream, um, but the vast majority of what I get an opportunity to do are things that fill my bucket and I love to do. And, and my goal is to design a life where I'm doing most of those things most of the time. And so I, I think when we look at those four quadrants, we should all be working feverishly to stay in that quadrant of what we love and what we're good at. And for some people, you can find a dream job where you work for someone else and you're in that sweet spot and, and that's awesome. Other people, that's what leads them to being freelancers and entrepreneurs is they want to have control over uh, being in their strength zone. So they just go out and start their own thing. And that's another path as well. Uh, but I firmly believe to be the best version of yourself and to live the happiest and most fulfilling life you can, you need to spend as much time in that quadrant uh, as possible.
I was a decent player in Montgomery County, Maryland. You know, I wasn't an all-state player. I certainly wasn't an all-American. I was a, a decent player, uh, played at a very small school down in North Carolina, Elon, but had a mediocre, and that would be generous, uh, career at Elon, um, which I'm not diminishing that. Just the fact that I played college basketball does put me in kind of an upper tier but was very mediocre uh, by college basketball standards. And yet, uh, and I know this won't help anyone that's just listening right now, but you can see the wall behind me. I've had an opportunity to work with Kobe Bryant and LeBron James and Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant. So even though I was not an exceptional player by any stretch, I've had an opportunity to do what I love with people that are the absolute best of all time. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's make sure that we're not limiting ourselves and limiting our future with what we can do based on where we are at the present. Because I do believe one of the most coveted skills in the world right now, aside from leadership and good communication, is someone that is a great teammate. Uh, someone that, that understands that they might not be the best on the team, but they can be the best for the team and that they have the selflessness to say, I'm going to do everything I can to make those around me better and to make our team better. And that is really hard to find those types of people. So, but I think anyone that has that mindset, um, you're going to have a very, very bright future if you embrace it instead of trying to resist it. Thanks, Alan. I really and truly appreciate you making time in your very busy schedule to speak with yourself. Well, that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to join the conversation at Alan Stein Jr. on all major social platforms. Go to allensteinjr.com to subscribe to my full timeout, 30-second timeout, and overtime monthly emails, and check out makeyourgameplan.com. I look forward to helping you raise your game. 